Welcome to MSU Today, featuring the best of Michigan State University. I'm Bill Beekman, Vice President and uh, Athletic Director here at Michigan State, and I'm very excited today to be joined by Jill Woodward, a Director of the Community Music School in Detroit, uh, an arm of our College of Music, uh, you know, an extraordinary enterprise run by Dean Jim Forger and his team, and uh, and Jill runs a really extraordinary uh, program that uh, that represents Michigan State so nicely um, down on a street uh, named after Jill on Woodward Avenue in, in downtown Detroit. So, uh, Jill, could you just give us a sense of, of what the program's about and a, a little bit of background on what happens at the Community Music School in Detroit? Yes, absolutely, Bill, and thank you for having me on. I'm I'm always so delighted to talk about our program. I'm I'm I did not go to Michigan State, but I am so proud of of the investment that the university is making in our Detroit youth through music, and uh, I get to live the the benefits of that, you know, day in and day out. Uh, but we're located in Midtown on Woodward Avenue, as you said. We're in the MSU Detroit Center, just a stone's throw from the new Little, Little Caesars Arena. And we actually just celebrated our 10th anniversary, if you can believe it. Um, I like to say we're one of the best kept secrets uh, in music education in Detroit because we really don't spend as much time as we should um, kind of tooting our own horn because we're just really too busy doing the work. Um, But, you know, the Community Music School is another way for MSU to share the resources of the university with Detroiters and with, uh, you know, the families from across Southeast Michigan. And what we do is provide music for all ages, abilities, and incomes. Um, But what's most important, I think, in this day and age is that we remove the economic barriers to participation in really high-quality music education for our low-income families. Um, When you think about some of the, you know, issues that, you know, our society is, is thinking about, and especially right now, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, um, the arts are, are one of those things that are not accessible to everyone, as we would hope they might be. Um, it can be very expensive to rent or buy an instrument or to take private lessons, especially if you don't have that in your school. Um, you know, and it wasn't all that long ago that, you know, in Detroit after the bankruptcy and maybe five, seven years ago, music was really the exception rather than the rule in our public schools. Um, now, I'm thrilled to say that's turning around and uh, the DPSCD has made a huge investment in returning music. But, um, you know, Dean Forger looked at the situation, you know, 10 years ago and was like, geez, we really have to step up. Um, it's important for all children to have access to this curriculum. Um, you know, we know there's just reams of research about the benefits of music study and what that does for, for really people of all ages. Um, but for babies, uh, you know, for youth development, um, you know, they're, the skills that we really need for the 21st century economy are built in, uh, into music study. Um, you might find that uh, a presumptuous statement, but um, I have a favorite quote from a, a Nobel Prize winning physicist. <laughs> and he said that all he all he needed to learn for success, he got from his bassoon teacher. I, I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting in my role as the director of athletics. I think that, uh, yeah, in fact, I had a, a conversation earlier today with, with Coach Izzo, and we were talking about how, 
a number of his former players who've been extraordinarily successful in many cases in things other than athletics, uh, in, uh, you know, in various business pursuits, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back and say so much of what I, why I'm successful is because of what I learned here at Michigan state. And it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, has a lot to do with discipline, uh, with, uh, study habits, with time management, uh, you know, in, in the case of athletics, but I, I'm sure it's, it's no different in music. It's, uh, um, it's the ability to, uh, you know, I would think to, uh, to take something on that isn't very easy at first and, uh, and to work at it and to practice and be disciplined and, uh, and to overcome some of those hurdles as your, as your brain and your fingers become more and more coordinated, uh, depending on the instrument. Um, and, uh, uh, and and to, and then eventually to to learn that that through that process you uh, you become successful and uh, so I, I wouldn't doubt at all that uh, that many very accomplished people uh, got all they needed to learn from uh, all they all they needed to, to be successful in business from from some version of their bassoon teacher. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Kids who have access to music have better academic results, uh, better workforce opportunities, and in general they tend to have more civic engagement over their lifetime um, as voters and volunteers. So, you know, when we look at music and the skills that it teaches, we, we tend to think of it as building out the whole citizen. Um, it teaches critical thinking. It teaches abstract math because, you know, well, that's what musical notation is. It's all fractions. Um, and, and uh, you know, I played the cello and that's why I always say that's why I'm in administration because music theory is hard. <laughs> Um, but, you know, we benefit from all the, the thought leaders at the College of Music who are really innovating music education today. I mean, it's not just, you know, you know what it was when I was growing up and you learned to play hot cross buns and then you moved on to harder and harder pieces. Um, you know, today they're really looking at how music can deliver um, kind of different, um, different concepts, including social justice concepts. Um, you know, we worked with some uh, professors at the College of Music. Um, to design a curriculum we call Music Empowers. And um, what that does is use music as a way to introduce kids to social justice concepts. Um, so, you know, looking at composers throughout history who you wouldn't normally learn about in the books or um, letting the kids decide what kind of music they're, they're interested in and using that as the basis for the music, uh, for looking at musical notation. Um, you know, for instance, our concert band kids this last summer, they... Uh, the, the band director let them vote on the music that they wanted to play. You know, that, that, that would not have happened in my day and age. <laughs> so. I, I, I imagine not. Uh, I remember when my, uh, uh, when my daughter uh, was uh, learning piano, uh, somewhat reluctantly at first, uh, the, um, the, the big turning point was uh, uh, when the teacher let her select what she wanted to play. And uh, yeah, I think that was... Uh, it was it was impactful because it gave her uh, it, it gave her some skin in the game, if you will, and uh, uh, and, it, and it was more meaningful that way. Right, right. There's a notion today in music education called culturally re relevant pedagogy, and that's essentially what that is. So, what are the kids listening to? How can music, uh, you know, relate to their lives in, in a way that's going to engage them on a much deeper level? And it's not always necessarily the uh, you know, the European classical tradition. Um, I've got a teacher who will, you know, uh, um, arrange some Lizzo music for the kids to play. 
you know, if, if that's what they're interested in. And, and the, the kids, of course, they want to play video music nowadays or the movie soundtrack music. And, you know, that's a fantastic way to get them to engage in their own vision of creativity um, and makes them want to achieve. And that's really important. So talking about uh, student interests, what, uh, what, instruments uh, do we do we teach at the community school and what are you finding are the are they uh, are the instruments uh, of choice for our our younger population or what what do they find interesting and does it differ from instruments uh, of interest to uh, to older populations well we teach we, we teach music for babies through seniors and everybody in between um, but we really specialize in acting as a pipeline and introducing a lot of kids to beginning music education so we teach all instruments that strings winds brass percussion piano guitar ukulele as well as uh, vocal music both in sort of a either a solo or um, ensemble setting. Um, and then we have ensembles in the classical uh, band and jazz band tradition. So we really have a, really something for everybody. Um, but, but it's funny. I always say that choosing an instrument for a child is very personal. And so I always want to encourage them to, you know, to explore it until they sort of settle into, you know, what, what is going to excite them because music is a journey and you want them to stick with it. Um, but Piano will always be very popular. Percussion will always be very popular. We've got some sold out strings and guitar classes this fall. Um, we've got a lot of young singers. So, um, you know, and that's just exciting. We just started our fall classes last week. We've got over 50 online classes right now. And uh, when we, we have classes that are really full of children uh, having fun, you know, even on the computer with each other on Zoom, it's, it's just tremendously exciting to see their creative juices flowing that that is uh that is amazing and 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 that was a a question i was curious about music education seems to me like something that's uh that's most optimally done in person sort of with the with the teacher kind of uh looking over and making sure that the other finger placement might be right on an instrument or, or what have you how have you adapted to our current environment which which mostly doesn't allow for that. Yeah, well, it really would be our choice to be all together in a room making music, but obviously, um, you know, the global pandemic of COVID is is uh, has meant that that's just not um, feasible for safety purposes. So, like the rest of the country, we shut down in mid March. Um, but it really took us a, a couple weeks, um, but we worked as hard as we could to to um, really rethink the way we could deliver music in the online environment. And, you know, unfortunately, we have so many new um, technology applications today. Um, you know, kids, even just with a phone, can write and compose their own music. Um, but we can also um, share with them, you know, wonderful programs for arranging and transcription and recording. So, um, you know, in lieu of doing live concerts, um, we restructured most of our classes to sort of end in either what we call a listening party where they've pre-recorded, you know, they've each recorded their part and then it's been edited into a concert 
or else we just sort of went one at a time with our recitals and, you know, it had each, um, each young person have their, you know, five minutes of fame, <laughs> not ready for 15 minutes yet. Um, <laughs> but, and that was wonderful. I mean, we, you know, we taught hundreds and hundreds of families how to zoom last spring before it was a household word. And it was really important to us to just be there every week with the consistent caring role model music instructor that the student already had an existing relationship with, um, you know, because, you know, let's face it, COVID is a scary, isolating time for a lot of people. And I think we're getting a little more adjusted to it now, but, but at the beginning, you know, we were just there, you know, for an, in an emotional, uh, social emotional sense, helping the kids, you know, stay focused and positive and giving them time to play and interact with each other online. So, um, I mean, I've actually had some parents say, you know, my kids actually really, you know, doing well on the trombone. They've, they've done a lot more practicing you know, in this environment. So, you know, we, I think we did the, you know, the glass is more than half full, even though we'd rather be together in person. Um, and, you know, I was just watching one of our flute classes on Saturday morning and, um, and I was commenting on this to somebody today or, you know, there's really little kids on the screen and the instructor was like, okay, now take this URL and paste it into your browser. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> No. Yeah, that, that that's a skill that I would be challenged by that probably the average six or seven year old can easily accomplish. I know, but it, it, like, who knew that, you know, I mean, th but this is just another reason that what we're doing is important because, you know, it's, it's, they're really learning how to use computers while also, um, you know, learning their music. Um, so it's, you know, we've probably got over 400 families right now taking online music classes with us. And that's really important. Um, keeping the kids focused and positive and, uh, you know, with goals and, um, you know, and, and just re you're celebrating their accomplishments, uh, you know, on a regular basis. Well, Jill, I think that is really, really important during this time that in in some ways has felt very isolating. Um, you know, it's it's hard to do the normal things that, that we might normally, you know, just that we do on a regular basis. And um, and so that connection uh, on a on a weekly basis with a with a music teacher and with with peers that are learning along with you, uh, I think would be would be very impactful and uh, um, you know and it sounds like it's it's been an extraordinary success dis despite these challenges. One of the things that um, I f I found interesting uh, about the community music school is that you have classes for infants, and um, I must say that. Uh, so my children range in age from 21 to 15. And when my two older children uh, were infants, I remember my wife going to a, a music class with them. And, uh, uh, and, and for whatever reason, as life changed and things happened, we didn't do that with our youngest. But the, the two older children uh, took up uh, piano uh, in, their, uh, you know, in their earlier years, uh, eight, 10 years old. And, uh, um, and still to this day, uh, you know, we'll, we'll occasionally uh, go over to the piano and play and pull out something. And, and our, our youngest has never had a musical inclination. And I, I don't know if that's our fault because he wasn't in those infant classes or not. But uh, at least from the experience of my older two, uh, whether it was the infant classes or something else, they've Neither of them are would think of themselves as musicians, but they've uh, they've they've played the piano over the years, and my daughter picked up a little bit of guitar, and uh, and it's something they've always enjoyed. So uh, 
So, so very well, it may have a significant impact. But tell us, what, what happens at an infant music class? Yes, well, we are very fortunate in that uh, at the College of Music, we have Dr. Karen Salvador, who is really an internationally renowned expert on early childhood music. Um, and essentially, the, you grow the majority of your brain synapses between you know, uh, being born and around age six. And music is one of the activities that, unlike just listening, passively listening to music, but in, in interacting in a musical uh, engagement, lights up all areas of the brain and literally is fuels growth uh, in terms of uh, the development. And so uh, they have a very um, specific research-based curriculum. It's called um, Music Play. Um, that's, you know, decades and decades of research have gone into, um, you, know, what, what, um, you know, what fires up babies. Um, there's a lot of call and response. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interaction. Um, and usually the parent or caregiver is present with those very young ages. Um, but you learn music in the same way you learn language. So, uh, and it's the precursor to language. So, you're, you know, the babies are literally uh, imitating tone and pattern, which are, you know, a form of communication um, before you begin to form words. So, and it's incredible because you can, you can see how they react. Uh, you know, you can walk into a baby class and they're just eyes wide, even when they can't see very well. <laughs> Newborns, as you know, don't have great eyesight, but they are just reacting um, you know, 200% to, uh, to the music. And I, you know, we have a one grant that enables us to go into all of the homeless shelters in Detroit and the Head Start locations where we have uh, some really expert faculty working with our very, very young, very vulnerable, vulnerable populations. And we've just had some incredible stories come out of that. We had, um, you know, one little um, child who had witnessed uh, the death of a parent in, in a domestic violence situation. And he had not spoken um, for quite some time. And, it, and after music class with Miss Christie a few times, he was literally, you know, coming, wanting to react verbally and interact with the teacher. So that just goes to show the healing power and the inspirational power of music. But yeah, it starts from as soon as you're out of the womb, the more you can sing and talk to your baby, um, the more language skills and other skills they're, they're going to develop. And that's what the research tells us. Well, that's really uh, very, very, very special. And that's, a, that's, that's an extraordinary story. Um, so you, you start out as uh, optimally uh, as an infant and uh, uh, hearing the music and reacting. And, um, and then you, as, as our students grow older and they're in, uh, in school, uh, our community music school has a, a sort of a hand in glove relationship with the uh, Detroit Public School, and and how, how does that how does that work? How do you uh, how, how do you uh, connect with with the uh, the local school district uh, that uh, you know that sort of surrounds uh, uh, your building there on Woodward Avenue? Yeah, well, I will say that supporting music programs in our public school and supporting our public school music teachers is a huge priority for the College of Music and for the Community Music School. These are people doing really important work and we want to help them strengthen their programs uh, and supplement any of the activities that they're doing. So um, they're, as I mentioned, um, they've hired literally over 100 teachers in the last year in the Detroit Public Schools Community District to return more music and fine arts uh, to everyday programming. Um, so, but you can't just go from zero to 100, you know, to, to build 
you know, um, the kinds of programs that were once available in Detroit, say, 50 years ago. Um, so we're working with them to, to ask them, how can we help you uh, and support your, your program? So, for instance, right now, um, you know, with, with everyone learning in the virtual environment, we're offering all of our, our uh, selection of teaching artists who can lead sectionals you know, which is um, breaking off a group of instruments by type and building on those foundational skills that they can then bring back to the ensemble, uh, uh, you know, and strengthen the overall band or orchestra. So we're providing those teaching artists. Uh, we also loan the school's sheet music, um, uh, you know, in PDF or hard copy, whatever they need if they don't have it. We will loan um, free instruments at no charge to any any students that, that would like to interact with the community music school. And that's really important because not all the schools have what they need to outfit their, their ensembles. Um, and that's, that's actually part of our Lonely Instruments in Need of Kids program. So for any student that's enrolled, you know, in one of our activities, we can loan instruments at no cost. Uh, and that's really important. So, um, and then, you know, we're working with the music teachers on professional development. Um, you know, anything they say that we can help with. One of our really young lions of, of the jazz program just read, led a prof professional development uh, workshop for um, DPSCD teachers about using technology in remote instruction. And, uh, you know, there were 30 teachers at that who said that was really fantastic. And we just happened to have this talent, you know, coming out of the College of Music that we can share. Yeah, no, I think uh, that that connection between uh, our faculty and uh, and young people in, in, in our communities around the state is is so meaningful and so special. One of the projects I've been involved in uh, just a little bit is the uh, through my uh, my role as a as a board member and the on the uh, MSU Federal Credit Union is our sponsorship of a jazz program that takes uh, our jazz faculty and visiting musicians out into high schools working with the uh, with with their jazz bands and uh, and to talk to the young people after they've had that experience working with a a world renowned jazz uh, jazz musician. Uh, that uh, f first of all is, a, is a, a experience they'll never forget. Just having had the opportunity, but uh, but it it, uh, it helps them not only with technical skills, but but also uh, just uh, I think the emotional impact is so strong, and the uh, uh, and it's such a meaningful experience that it really inspires them to continue. And so uh, I think those uh, that that outreach to the community is is uh, such an important part of of what we do at Michigan State. Absolutely. You know, Rod, Professor Rodney Whitaker, you know, a homegrown Detroiter who's, you know, an internationally renowned jazz musician and jazz pedagogue at the College of Music is just, you know, he's like a walking PBS special. I could listen to him talk all day, but Rodney cares about us in Detroit deeply. So we're very fortunate to be able to access that program that you just mentioned. And our first one is next Wednesday night with Terrell Stafford. So the kids are really excited to have a virtual masterclass and concert with him. So, um, so thank you for your leadership on that project. No, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm glad, glad to hear uh, that, that they'll be visiting. So you just had a, it just completed a, um, a, a process of, um, uh, of studying the impact uh, of, of the community music school on the community. And uh, I'd be curious to get your, uh, obviously the, the community music school has had an extraordinary impact, uh, but uh, 
but give us a little a, a little deeper sense of of uh of what the what the study showed you. Yeah, absolutely. We were so lucky to get a grant from the Ralph Wilson Foundation to really take a look at what we've done in the past 10 years. And um, we were able to work with public sector consultants out of East Lansing. They're uh, Lansing rather. They're uh, they're an independent research firm and they looked at all of our data over the last uh, two years uh, and collected a lot of new data that we wouldn't normally have had access to and, and did a real deep dive into what is the community music school? Who do they serve? What has been, you know, the results of, of this investment? And I think we get some really exciting um, information out of that exercise. Um, you know, and to me, one of the most exciting things is that we've had 40 program alumni uh, matriculate to MSU but even more important, 25 of those were first generation. So out of Detroit, first generation, uh, you know, and their families to attend college. And, and that's important. And that's indicative of, you know, the talent that we have, but that, that there are a lot of young people who just really need additional resources to fulfill their potential. And uh, now most of these kids didn't go on to study music. They're studying biology and law and communications. And, you know, they're going to be tomorrow's uh, civic leaders in any number of fields. But music was, you know, an important tool for them um, to, to really uh, to, to get to where their destiny needed to take them. And um, you know, we've had a lot of other kids come through the program and get, you know, full scholarships um, to other places. We, we had one of our longtime students get a $70,000 a year scholarship to the Oberlin Conservatory. We had another kid get a $40,000 a year scholarship to the New School Jazz Conservatory in Manhattan. Um, and, you know, just anecdotally, there's dozens of others that you know, we, we helped earn college scholarship dollars, you know, whether they're going to be uh, professional musicians or not, they're going to be able to, you know, play music at, in the college environment and uh, really have music in their lives for the rest, you know, forever. Well, and that's that's extraordinary because the, the scholarships you mentioned are uh, th those aren't just scholarships. Those are scholarships to some of our country's uh, finest musical institutions. So that's uh, that's pretty spectacular. I feel someday we'll be watching the Grammy Awards and see some some of our former students. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, so, Jill, I'll wrap up with two questions. Sure. The first one's kind of a fun question, and that is, uh, I, well, I, I was going to ask you what your favorite instrument is, but, but I'm guessing it's the cello. <laughs> um, but I'll ask you instead, what's your favorite music genre that you enjoy listening to and do you have a, a favorite musical artist? Oh, my gosh. That's a really tough one. I am going to have to say, you know, I worked for the Detroit Symphony Orchestra for 15 years. So I was in the classical world for a long, long time. But in my current life, I get to hear a lot more jazz. So I would have to say jazz. And probably my favorite musician is, you know, Rodney Whitaker. Um, when he plays the upright bass and when he gets out that bow, oh, my goodness, he just, you know, is just he bowls me over. So anytime I get a chance to see him live and sit as close as possible. <laughs> no, I agree. I've heard Rodney perform on a number of occasions and, uh, and watching Rodney perform is almost as much fun as listening to him because he, the, the energy and enthusiasm and just the joy that he brings to what he does, I think really exemplifies what it, uh, what, what about music is, is so special. So and he made a recording with his daughter, who is a fantastic uh, jazz vocalist, Raquel 
Fortin. And um, the New York Times did a review of that CD and I would urge you to rush out and get it. I've, I've listened, Falling Leaves is what it's called. And I've listened to that about a hundred times. <laughs> Very good, I will do that. Well, well, we'll, we'll wrap up Jill by asking, for those that might be listening and think, wow, this is an extraordinary opportunity, how do I find out more about it? Uh, how can we how can we help our listeners learn more about uh, your programming? Please come and visit our website, which is uh, www.cms.msu.edu. We just started fall classes. It's not too late to register for anything. We have something for all ages and all skill levels. So if you're home and you want to learn to play the ukulele during COVID, we, we can help you out. So check out our website. Um, or also we say follow us on Facebook and it's just MSU Community Music School Detroit. And we're always posting information about um, exciting events or, uh, you know, master classes that we're hosting. And uh, we'd love to have you come check us out and um, please tell others about us because kids need music in their lives. Well, I was, uh, uh, Jill, I was introduced to the banjo by listening to Steve Martin, <laughs> who was one of my favorite comedians growing up. And became a pretty uh, uh, a pr pretty well recognized banjo player. So so I uh, I have stolen my daughter's banjo because she's away at college and doesn't play it anymore. And uh, so I might just have to enroll in a class because that'd be a lot of fun to do. But uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been great learning about the MSU Community Music School in Detroit. Uh, right down on Woodward Avenue. And uh, and Jill, I just can't thank you enough for sharing with us and would encourage everybody to, to look up that website, www.cms.msu.edu, to learn more about the Community Music School in Detroit. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bill. It's been my pleasure.